welcome to the mom and dot 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 podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot 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 writer, foster child advocate, and this week birthday party planner slash maybe rescheduler. Oh no, the weather is crazy. <sighs> yeah, our mother. Did I tell you I got a text when we were at mom too from my mom said I hope my Mother's Day brunch isn't planned outside oh, yeah. because the weather looks bad. Like I woke Just up. Just FYI. To the, I know. And I was like, well, it is. It is. And not only that, it's at our favorite restaurant, which has the most phenomenal food. But when you sit outside, it's like a tent in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even on a good day, it's not very pretty. So yeah, we might be yeah. able to take out. We'll see. <laughs> and I am Suzanne Kearns, mom and dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And and this week I am a mom to O Summit Recoverer. If you could see behind Indeed. me, and I think we may do a TikTok of it later, the reality of what is behind the camera when we do this podcast. It's not good today. It's not good, and it's worse than usual. <laughs> not good today. Well, our guest today is also a mom 2.0 recoverer. It is Nicole Gonzalez Cumberbatch, whom we met completely by chance. We already had this interview scheduled. But we were at Mom 2.0 in Scottsdale, Arizona, and out of the corner of my eye, her name tag caught my eye, and I was like, I think I think that name is really familiar. So then we disrupted an entire keynote session by passing a note back and forth written on a napkin. That is how we met in real life prior <laughs> to this. Nicole is a mom and dot, 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 former VP of finance and HR, business owner and podcaster, and she believes it takes a village to uplift a mother, and it is essential to a mother's mental health and well-being. Nicole founded the Motherhood Village in 2021, and her mission is to support mothers through community, education, and connection. We love it. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive into this. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, well, we're so excited to have you here and learned yes. a little bit about you in your bio, but can you give a, m- a little more in-depth Nicole 101 about where your career started, any big decisions or pivots that have led you to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, my background is in corporate kind of crazy. I actually worked at a bank when I was 16. I don't know if they had <laughs> in, in the States where you guys live, but in Florida, we had something called like a co-op where you could leave work early when you're in like 11th or 12th grade to go work. Uh So when that opportunity came, I was like, wait a minute, I can leave school early to go make money? Absolutely. Um, So I did that. And first I was working at a grocery store and eventually got recruited to work at a bank at 16. They thought I was older and um, (laughs) I was able to work. So I worked there, I think half of my junior year into my senior year. And I I say all that because that kind of really was the beginning of me starting to work at 16. And then my career just kind of took off. Started a college when I graduated, but college kind of, I went part-time for 10 years before I got my degree because I always worked. And as I was going to school, I was building my career basically and started as an accounting mm-hmm. assistant. And I'm like, oh, I think I like accounting work and changed my major until finally I graduated with a degree in managerial accounting and had worked my way up from accounting assistant, coordinator, controller to VP of finance and HR. I worked at an email marketing company where I kind of really grew in that role. And I loved it. I mean, my identity was based on my career. I had always said as a child, I wanted to have a CFO or CEO title in my name. I don't know why. I just thought it was the coolest thing to work in an That's office. That's so cute. <laughs> um, and I almost, right, VP, kind of close. Yeah. So my career was everything. And then my son came and just rocked my world for all the things right as they do Mm -hmm. so that was my son is five so got pregnant 20 got married 2016 had him 2017 so it's very fast he came and I suffered all these things I never thought postpartum anxiety and I had no clue how to navigate life as a corporate mom and I thought I would because I figured well I've managed people I've managed teams I've worked under pressure I got this. I'm organ all the things. And I didn't. So to say all that, to say I pivoted in 2021 and completely left corporate to start my own business just because I never found truthfully, it's sad in a way. After my son was born, I had to leave the employer I worked for at the time because they weren't supporting me. Didn't I didn't know how to ask for help. There was no flexibility. I wasn't ready to go back to work after my son was born. And I really went from job to job, which I had never done in my life before that time, because I always stayed at companies for long periods. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, I, I, I'm not happy. I don't know. Like, it's just a lot of like questioning, a lot yeah, of things. Yeah. Where do I fit? What do I do? And then um, 
yeah, 2021, I left and I told my husband, listen, I've been at this for a very long time. And I think I'm going to support companies with the background that I have in accounting and, and HR and operations. So I left to start my own company and I still have that. I support small companies and businesses and doing like backend accounting and all that. And then the Motherhood Village. So that kind of came, I guess I'll say that in high level during the time of my struggle of postpartum anxiety and overwhelm. I started a podcast in 2019 and I just had something to say, something to say. It was my outlet. I wanted to talk to other mothers. I wanted to talk about the honesty of how we don't hear that your relationship with your partner was going to change at the mm -hmm. time. Like my husband and I thought we did all the right things. We dated all the right things beforehand. And then I couldn't stand him at some point. So I remember going to my mom and I'm like, is this normal? Like, yeah. I can't stand him and I'm like why aren't we having these conversations like I remember getting scared without yeah. realizing that it really wasn't us it was my needs weren't being met I didn't have I wasn't asking for help I was overwhelmed it wasn't necessarily him so that whole steamrolled into me saying I want to have conversations so the podcast started in 2019 2021 when I left corporate to start my consulting business I also started the motherhood village and that has just steamrolled um, I do support groups for moms now, for career moms in the evening. I do webinars, workshops, a lot of community-led events. And now we're here, 2023. I know mm. that was kind of a lot, but it kind of That's tried a lot, to But we're going to break it trip. down now. Yeah, yes, we yes. will break it down. And yeah. I'm curious, what was your work like during COVID then when you break that apart? Sure. So I'm glad you asked that. So the company I had worked for, again, you got to remember at this time, I'm like unsure, right? I'm like, listen, my whole career has been wrapped up in me having a title and working my butt off for it. And now I kind of don't care, but do I? We're talking about money, yeah. but I'm like, you know what? All these things, questioning a lot. So the company I had worked for, um, they kind of dangled a carrot where I was going to be a controller. And I was like, all right, take a step back. But it was for a really big company at the time um, locally. And long story short, COVID hit and the employer told me when I asked for flexibility because my son's daycare closed. She literally said, so you're choosing your family over my company. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh -huh. That was literally, I think, I don't know, whenever the mandate hit, maybe the 20th, my son's school had closed a few days before. It was like literally that Monday or Tuesday. And I tell you all that because that was the mind frame. My son was two and a half years old. I'm like, lady, yes. I'm like, we're in the middle. We have no idea what this is about. Yes. Um Ooh. So Florida, thankfully, had this thing called FMLA where you could take mm -hmm. time off if mm -hmm. you had to care for someone who had COVID or your child's school closed for COVID. Mm -hmm. So because I knew that, I said, you know what? I was going to stay on and help. But since you want to do that, I'm taking my FEMLA. So I took my FEMLA and I got paid to stay home because my son's school closed for the three months. And then the minute the mandate was lifted, I basically got laid off, which I knew that that was going to happen. I would have quit anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was very thankful because it was bittersweet. I got to take what whatever that was, March to June 1st, I think, is his school opened. And I got to really have that time with him. But it was still disheartening and hurtful, right? Like, I'm like, wow, like, here yes. we are. And it was a woman who owned the company. So I was so disappointed. So, yeah, so my, my COVID experience, I, I very fortunately got to stay home with him during that time. That's so interesting because yeah. that's a boundary we hear from a lot of coaches where they say in any scenario, not just COVID, where people work as if they are the owner of the company. And that's I feel right. like that is something that I did very badly. And I realize that now back in hindsight, like I did every single status report or presentation as okay. if it was my company, Yours. which you know, is a boundary that all the coaches say, no, no, don't do that, where this boss came out and basically just said, yeah, you, you need to treat this as, as, as your company. Just like that. She was like, so your basically family. you're choosing your family over my company. And I remember <laughs> just saying, they're like, like, is this like Twilight Zone? And um, <laughs> is that a real question you're asking? And me? is that allowed? Yes, like, yeah. do I call, like, who do I call? Like, what? Um, <laughs> yes. ethically, like all the things. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of been my, my career journey since having my child. And it's been very sad because I haven't had the support since having him with any employer to say, we right. welcome you, like, let's find things. So I'm a big employee advocate and I do foresee in the future me doing something with corporations to help those small businesses really understand what they need to provide their employees once they have children. 
what kinds of resources does the motherhood village have now? Because I know employee advocacy is a big piece of what you're doing. Like, what are you seeing are the huge challenges that you're able to help women with at this point? Yeah, that's a great question. Tangible, I guess you can say what the motherhood village does, like I said, the support groups. And a lot of that does help because there's a lot of working mothers. Actually, I think they're all working mothers, whether um, they're working full time in their career, but also have a side business or they're women business owners. So a lot of conversations come up with that. And I guess because I do have the experience of number one, being in their shoes and being like, I have no idea where to go. But number two, I have the accounting background to really help them understand the data that they can bring to their employers to say, hey, look, you know, it doesn't really cost a lot of money, but there are certain things that you can do to kind of help me or the other employees um, and how to advocate for themselves. So I help in that way at the support groups. I also try and partner with some of the experts I have on my podcast or whoever I collaborate with that I find, um, you know, in my own entrepreneurial journey to do webinars and workshops for moms. So tangibly, like I said, the Motherhood Village provides resources in that way. But as far as employee specific, that is something I want to have a goal to do in the foreseeable future, like actually have workshops myself that I put together to go into these small businesses. I think it's important to start at the beginning with small businesses, because mm-hmm. as I'm sure we both we all attest, whether it's our podcast or whatever things we have that we're trying to grow, it's easy to get caught up and that we don't follow the processes that we put in order. We don't do all the things. So I really want to help business owners at the beginning stages of saying, well, let's start putting these processes in place now. Let's not overcomplicate it. So as you start to bring employees in, we can manage it affordably, but employees will then want to work for you, which will help sustain the growth of your company. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I hope to do in, in the future. What an awesome resource because, yeah, there's a lot of small businesses Did I tell you once upon the time I had a blog called Not So Secret Shopper where I wanted to go in (laughs) just to these small businesses because I come from a marketing advertising background and it was little things, but just like start your Facebook page for your business or, you know, do if you're a restaurant, just, you know, it's fine. You don't want to do this fancy, fancy thing, but just at least have your menu up on a web page with a phone number or something, but but basically be the secret shopper to go into these stores. And then I would do a little write up about like, here's one thing you could do today to, you know, to take your business to the next step or, you know, just to give a little bit of movement. I just think it's such an amazing service for these small businesses because, They don't necessarily have that know-how or the resources and sometimes just that little nudge in the right direction. um, Or they don't know that they need it, right? The ignorance, we just, ignorance is bliss. So sometimes we just need someone to say, hey, you're going to have employees. Have you thought about what that looks like for them? Because I truly believe our workforce is is everything. I I 100% believe that. And, you know, it tops customer service and everything because if you take care of your employees, they will automatically have the good customer service. You know, they'll they'll treat it, as you said, Suzanne, as if it's their own company. Yes. Right. They'll put they'll put their heart, they'll put their soul, put all the things. So um, that's another thing I'm passionate about. But right now it's really helping moms <laughs> with the motherhood village. But I think it's something that it's all connected. Right. Because it all started because I was a working mother that yes. didn't have the resources that I needed at the time. Yeah. And yeah. well, speaking of blending your love for helping mothers and then also helping these businesses is helping them think about maternity leave and also Motherhood Village supporting moms who are mm-hmm. hoping to go back to work, but, you know, taking some time for this maternity leave. So what yeah. does that support look like? What are you hearing from group members about what their ideal you know, leave period is? Like back when we left, it was you got your three months. I think right. I was really lucky I got that. four months, but... Wow, yeah, yeah. The, but, you know, author of the fifth trimester would argue that, you know, you need six months. So, yeah, what is what is that looking like these days? A hundred percent. I agree. I think most women are saying six months. A lot of um, the support groups I have, not only are they working mothers, but a lot of them are they were either pregnant and now they're coming with their newborns to the groups, which have been awesome to see. But, yeah, they're like, I have to go back to work. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm overwhelmed. Or they have had time to spend with their little ones, let's say the first, second year. And now they're like, I have to look at preschools. Where am I going to send my kid? Think mm-hmm. of what's going on in the world. Are they going to be safe? I'm overwhelmed. So a lot, of, a lot of it is fear. A lot of it is overwhelm. A lot of it is sadness and the need for support. And absolutely, we have talked that I think a good time frame is that six months to even a year. 
I think Canada gives a year. Um, and I think it's a program you can even opt in, which in my mind, I'm like, what mother would not want to opt in? But <laughs> but you know what? Anyone listening? Maybe. I know for me, there was a time where I was like, I needed to go back to work, right? Like yeah, that. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at least the option is there. So yeah, six months to a year has come up. But as far as how they're feeling, it's the sadness, it's the fear, the unknown, the uncertainty. How are they going to be able to navigate it once they do go back to work? And then the school aspect, making sure they're making the right decision. What What's a good school? What's not a good school? You know, the safety oh, issue. There's just yes. so much that I think a lot of parents this day and age have to deal with. And as many resources as they can have, the better. Yeah. And Actually, what are the you... support groups? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm so into this. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, the support groups, do they meet virtually, in person? Do they have the in option person. to do both? Are they calling and texting each other in the middle of the night? Like, how is it set up? How does it work? Love that. So it is in person. It's in person and in the evening, very strategically cur- curated that way. Because again, corporate mom couldn't make the mommy meetups, couldn't make any of the support groups during the day, which in hindsight, maybe I could have, but I never asked because I was afraid, right? The same thing. I wanted right. to work first one in, last one out, but then I have to make up the time, but I want to go back home to my son, all the things. So I always had said if I did a group, I'd want to make sure it was in the evening so that working moms could go. And we do meet in person. I have thought about doing it virtually or doing maybe a virtual option just because I've had moms reach out from other cities. And like my husband and I talk, he's like, what are you going to have a support group like every night? (laughs) Like, what are you going to be traveling? Like, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, no, I know I can't. I can't support all the moms. So I'm I'm working on some things of how to like, let's say, get someone from an hour away that a, a mom reached out to me and she was like, hey, I need support. But I'm in Palm Beach, which is about an hour away from me. Right. So to get something like that, I'm like, oh, I want to be like, absolutely. But then I have to think about my own boundaries and what my capacity is. So Thoughts are there, but to answer your question, yes, it's in the evening and it's in person. And then we have a private Facebook group where moms can connect. So if you have been to a support group, you automatically get in. I didn't want to just open it up to anybody. It's the moms mm-hmm. who like we've already shared and where we have open and safe conversations. So then they meet there and it's cool. They're like, hey, I need this or hey, I have extra diapers or hey, does someone have this? And then that's where they can kind of share and come together. That's really awesome. Uh, Yeah. I wish everybody could have it everywhere. I've got to think that there are similar groups in a lot of different cities, probably bigger cities. I think that'll be a good thing to ask our group as well, our private Facebook group, what they have in their community in case some moms, you know, don't know that it's available. Because that's the other thing when you're so buried with a newborn and are already overwhelmed, it's hard to do that research. So we'll try to pull some of those for people as well. And that's a good point, right? I think we're actually inundated with too much research that we're like, wait, okay, wait, there's this and this. Tell me where mm-hmm. I need to go and what I need to do. Like, that's what I I need right now. So mm-hmm. I love that you said that because I think, yeah, sometimes moms just need kind of their hand held to say, you're going to come here and this is what you have for you for yes. available. Exactly. And for the, in those group meetings themselves, what are you hearing then when they do go back to work are some of the biggest challenges? I was just telling Missy, I think what did me in when I went back, my, after my maternity leave, my husband did three months of paternity leave so I could go back to work and see Mm -hmm. how that felt. Um, And the hardest part was the client that I was working for, my office, where I was based out of, had this really nice mother's room, you know, with a little refrigerator and this comfy sofa and everything. But when I was on site at my client's office, which was very often, I would have to pump in a bathroom where there was no even power cord and yes. then throughout the day so gross, I would right? have pumping in a bathroom is the oh, worst disgusting i know yes, pumping, yes yeah yes. so that part's gross but then the rest of the day i have to carry around this refrigerator pack mm-hmm. full of everything that's come out of me and then so between that and my <laughs> work stuff for this meeting with and my the boob pump, juice Oh my gosh. And it was, it was kind of ridiculous. So, I mean, there talk about the weight of motherhood. This was literally the weight yes. of motherhood. Yes, yes. But it was also like, how are people perceiving me? I just, uh, I didn't feel professional. 100%. And, yes. um, and I really feel like that's kind of one of the things that did me in. Like, this can't be the next six months of my life. <laughs> and right. I know you can, I mean, you can definitely move to formula, but it was just There's options. Of, right. Yeah. That's just where my mind was at that time. Mm-hmm. Just like, this is what my day is going to be like every day. And yeah. It was tough. So is that still an issue or more offices accommodating moms or is that still the regular day to day? 
Well, just as to just piggyback just slightly on that point, I think, yeah, there's options, but I think parents need the support because if you do choose right. to breastfeed, it shouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. I remember having to go, I worked at FAU at the time and they were great to work for. They, they really were during that transition when I was like, okay, what am I going to go? And that actually was my alma mater. And I worked in the accounting department of the sports athletics department. Anyway, I had to go three times during the day to my supervisor's office, knock on the door so I can pump. Um, you want to talk about embarrassed? Because I know she had to be like, sure. And I can see her being like, geez, Louise, like, yeah, really? I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> um, so, but to, to the point is like, yeah, I think the resources are there so that moms could then, if you want to breastfeed, breastfeed, pump, pump. If you want formula, do it. But let us have the resources there, right? So that's just that. But yeah, so it's still going on. Parents are still asking for the resources. I do think, again, some of these, I think millennial moms, we're having more of these conversations. I see it on LinkedIn. There's companies like Mamava. I don't know if you've heard. They do the breastfeeding pods. They have them oh, in airports. Oh, we just saw that at the airport when we yep. were in yes. Phoenix. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I know Sasha, who's one of the co-founders. She was a guest on my podcast. I'd love to connect. Oh, you I would know, love maybe that. Maybe she could be a guest. Yes. Um, because their thought process behind it, and I'm like, this is not a paid like endorsement or anything, but I just love what they're doing because I, right. I see the pods everywhere and it's not just for airports. They started there, right. but they want to go for offices and museums, any place where a mom can go and not just to breastfeed, but to feed their child, like you said, not in a freaking bathroom. Right. Um, so there are resources and things that are being developed, but I think the smaller private companies are where, again, we need to hit because if you're a larger company, company, you have the money to, let's say, get a pod like Mamava. And I don't know what they cost to, let's say, in store or implement. Right. But if you're a small company just starting out or you have five to 10 employees, you're a small business. I think that's where we really need to have more of these discussions. So a lot of the moms, yes, that don't have that support, similar to me and the other companies I worked for, So yeah, the same kind of conversations. It's, you know, to pump, God forbid you forget an item, right? That had happened to me. I remember having to call my husband and said, I forgot the, I think the flange it's called or whatever the thing. Oh no. Um, (laughs) And then you're devastated, right? And then if they don't come in time and then like my boobs are so swollen and these are conversations we don't have, but for the moms listening, like it's normal if you're a new mom. So there were things I had to do, right? Make a checklist. So we talk about these in the groups. Try and make a checklist for yourself because it can be overwhelming because you're scattered and maybe you only had two hours of sleep the night before and then you got to pack your bag. So we talk a lot, unfortunately, about the things we have to do in preparation because still the support isn't always there. Um, So I guess to summarize it, seeing the support in the larger corporations, seeing it on LinkedIn, seeing it with some companies coming out. I know there's a lot, there's apparently, I think there's a lot of companies that Mm -hmm. are very for working parents. Those are the ones that I think more than anything that impact the employees the most. Yeah, you talking about the missing part. I'm just picturing there's a little like little white plastic oh, I remember flap that. thing that like yep. without that, like, without that, it's, it does point zero five cent piece of plastic. But then right. I just had a flashback. I had a hand pump. Yes, like like oh, I a, remember the hand pump. Oh, yes. like oh one God. that you, would, you know, it's almost like the nozzle that you water the grass with, but it just goes yep. on the bottle. So yeah, that was my oh. emergency backup. Yeah, that's yes. the other thing but you have I to have a backup can... for your backup. Back like, up, I will back never up. forget that feeling of like, you have to do this and you've got to get it done. And this is just life right now. But the just immense like stress yeah. and there's shame attached to it that should not be attached to it. We have, yeah. you know, I think we've come a long way, but we have a long way to go in normalizing the fact that this is how we feed our children. And I can remember having that hand pump and just being mad, yes. <laughs> like pumping and like nothing's coming. And, well, like, yes. and especially yes. if you have to leave a meeting I mean, just yes. the, uh, and yeah, getting away from that. What about leaking? What about leaking? Oh, if you oh leak? my God. I know. And we yeah. should be able to comfortably say, like you said, to alleviate the shame, say, you know what? I need to pump. I'll be right back. Instead of yeah. being like, right. oh, can I pump? It's like, yeah. no, this is, this it's is normal like people. I've got to like, go do a hit a blow. Like, <laughs> you're going to do something. Is that what, it, is that what it's called? Do you hit a blow? I don't know. But you're, so, your you're so yes, hit, Missy. So <laughs> I'm going to go snort doing the something reefer. Snort or maybe snort. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But to your point, you're, exactly, going and to actually, you're going to feed your child. And I actually think people would be maybe even more apt to say that. Let's yeah. Be real I think here. that really leads into the mental health. So yes. Oh, you're coping big, with yeah. so much and you don't, if you don't have a place to talk to someone about it, you don't know if it's normal. You don't know 
that other women are going through it. You don't like your husband and you don't know why, and you're ashamed that you have to pump and whatever it is. So how is the motherhood village tackling this? And are you also tackling it in your podcast? Yes. Um, very good question. So yes and yes. So podcast, that's actually where it started from. Um, having these conversations, talking to a lot of licensed mental health counselors. And I'm sure you ladies can attest to this. I heard Oprah say it, that she said she gained so much value when she was a host on her show because she was like, I know not everybody saw an episode, but I was in every episode. So mm. she got the value from every guest. And I was <laughs> like, I totally feel that way about my I podcast. Yes. It's been such beneficial in my parenting journey in raising mm -hmm. my son. The last, I've had it for almost four years. So since he's a little around one or two, a lot of licensed mental health counselors and each one having a different way. Um, I mean, I've learned all the terms. Oh, there's aware parenting, there's conscious parenting, there's peaceful parenting, you know, mm -hmm. all the things. So, yeah, so we tackle a lot of it on my show. A lot of what the Motherhood Village is based on in, in totality through the community education and connection is for the mental health and wellness of a family. I tell everyone, you know, moms are the nucleus. And if mom's good, everyone is good mom's not good. We can take care of the kids. We can do all these fun stuff for the kids. But if mom is still overwhelmed or to your point, Missy, you know, just suffering in silence and feeling isolated, then it doesn't freaking matter, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's really why this was created. And then yes. And then I tackle it in my support group. So sometimes I lead the group, I think because I have had a lot of knowledge. I'm not a mental health counselor, but a lot of times, truthfully, women will say something. I'm like, ah, and it'll take me to a podcast guest of someone that I hadn't talked to. Mm -hmm. So I'll be able to say, listen, I talked to someone and they mentioned this. But I do also bring in licensed mental health counselors that are local in the community that lead the groups. I try and really foster okay. that connection so that if moms don't know the resources that are available to them, when they do come to my events, there's either some kind of connection happening. Either a speaker is there, a licensed mental health counselor is there. And yeah, so those are probably the two biggest ways that that I tackle that with specifically within the motherhood village. Yeah, we say it all the time that we have all the answers to the problems of the universe within <laughs> our past episodes. And we're like, yes. we just need to actually do the things they told us to do. <laughs> well, that's the hardest part about motherhood, right? We know how to do it. But when right. we're overwhelmed, when we're tackling all the things, then we can't regulate ourselves, right? All these terms that we know, but we, it's hard to implement them all the time. Yeah, exactly. And what are the struggles that you're hearing from people in your group? I think a lot of it is letting go of the mom guilt. It's a mm -hmm. big one that comes up, right? Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of moms will question or they'll see me. I'm very, very clear on my Instagram, um, on my stories of letting moms know, look, I know it looks like I'm all over the place. I know it looks like I'm connected and I'm here and I'm there. I'm like, but don't get it twisted. My house is a mess. My laundry is whatever. I haven't cleaned. I have someone that helps me clean. My husband had to do the food shopping. I have not cooked. Like, let's be honest here, right? I'm very clear with that because I want, I never want someone to feel less than, but a lot of it is the mom guilt. Like, how do you do it? How are you doing this and not feeling bad or how did you go to Arizona for mom 2.0 and mm. could get away, you know? Yeah. Um, so mom guilt comes up a lot. Obviously the self-care, I do not like to use the word self-care. What I ask my guests actually on every podcast and in various conversations is what do you do to release? What do you do to reset? And what do you do to recharge? I think mm. when we think of it that way, we're a little bit more intentional about the things that we're doing as opposed to saying just self-care. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big one. We like that. Um, Say so it yeah, again. Release. Again, what release. do you do to release? What do you do to reset? And what do you do to recharge? And that's actually the theme of my summit this year. So I do a summit at towards the end of the year, heading into the fourth quarter. Think of it like a business conference that you would go to for companies um, or for your corporate career. And I do something similar for moms. And it's just a day to empower moms. But yeah, so the really big things are the mom guilt and what what to do for self-care. Like I can't take care of myself or I don't have the time or I don't have this. A lot of it is right. I'm doing for everyone, but I don't know how to do for myself. Mm -hmm. That comes up a lot. We have a lot of conversations about that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then it's like a vicious cycle because then you do for yourself and then you feel a little guilty about doing it for 100%. yourself. <laughs> so you have to like unlearn all of that and yes. figure out how to manage it. Yeah. For and sure. you mentioned your summit. That's perfect timing. We were mm -hmm. just going to oh. ask you all about the upcoming summit. And yes. you know, where it is, if there's slots still available, oh, can you tell us all about it? I'm so excited because I'm working with someone to help me because I, I, I'm i sure, and maybe you both can attest, it's a very mission-driven company with the Motherhood Village. So I never like to promote or say things. And she's like, if you don't talk about the summit, how do you get people to come? I'm like, no, I know, but I just, you know, 
So I'm glad because it's helping me kind of to speak on it. But yeah, so the first one was last year in October. It was a wonderful day. This year it's in September. It's September 30th. It's in beautiful Pompano Beach in South Florida. It's at the Home Two Suites, True by Hilton, and with the very famous, I guess you can say in Pompano Beach, rooftop bar. So first half of the day, it's beautiful. It's overlooking the ocean. The first half of the day, I have keynote speakers, panel discussions. This year, we're actually doing a panel discussion on communication strategies. I took it from my own personal experience. I was dealing with a client and I was like, why are you having such a hard time having this conversation with them? And I'm like, you're going to be 40 years old. I get it together. And it trickled down to like, how do I teach my son how to advocate for himself? How do I teach my son if I can't have some of these hard conversations? So Mm -hmm. we're going to have a great panel discussion with a lawyer, general manager of the Coral Square Mall, and a licensed mental health counselor to tackle just that, communication strategies. Keynote speaker, I'm going to be interviewing NBC6 news anchor Shelly Munich. We're going to talk about her being a new mom and how she balances being a new mom, but also dealing in the public eye, right? That's a big one. We have a financial mm-hmm. wellness workshop. And then when it, that's all done, <laughs> which is a big one, um, we have a lunch and, and all that. We all have some breakout sessions. We head to the rooftop bar for the happy hour well, where we will have some vendors up there that are usually um, owned by moms, mom-owned businesses. And we have mimosas and massages. And that kind of ends the day. And yeah, so it's September 30th. And if you do live in South Florida, I would love to see you there. If you go to the motherhoodvillage.com and you subscribe to my newsletter, you will get a discount code that is for any ticket. And we have me, myself, and I ticket to go solo. We have a bestie bundle where you can get, you know, bring your girlfriend. And then we have a girls day out bundle for yourself. And then, of course, we also have um, vendor table opportunities if you wanted to reserve a table for your organization, for your employees, for your clients, for your family. And I think that's it. So, yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> I know. That's a lot. Yes, yes. Oh, that's amazing. We keep half joking, half toying with really doing some sort of mom and dot, dot, dot summit conference. Yes. And it's so much work. It is. But if I can, uh, listen, listen, I did the first one last year in like three or four months. I don't ever, ever, ever <laughs> recommend doing that. Um, I was mentally spent. When I tell you physically, I, I had bet. never felt like anything like that in my life. The minute it was over, I, I got sick. I actually yeah. got physically sick because mm-hmm. I was holding so much. Um, but if you want to talk offline, if you have that idea, I have no problem sharing you some tips and strategies. It's not, it's hard work. It is very hard work. The minute I put the idea together, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And then I was like, oh shit, I have to invite people. Who the heck is going <laughs> to come do to it? this thing? I <laughs> yeah. have to actually like sit. I'm like, oh, right. Um, yep. Which can be very overwhelming, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm learning the ins and outs of really how to do it. So if there's if you have ideas, I'd be more than happy to share. Um, and if you want to come, come to South Florida. Hey. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's <laughs> so generous. Thank you. Yes, yes. And yeah, I know that everybody listening is probably like, oh, I wish I was in South Florida to have these resources to be able. Some to have of them access are though. The I know. That yes, some, some of them, them are. are. Oh, they so, have to be there. Yes. Yes. So I know. Yeah, we have a lot of listeners all over the country. Oh, actually, all over mm-hmm. the world, <laughs> which is yeah, it's just kind of mind boggling. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully they will make sure that they have access in the show notes and links to the information about the summit and for you. But then I also am calling on all listeners and in our Facebook group to, yeah, let's pull together some of the resources in our local communities outside of Florida as well, because busy moms don't have the time to research that. Let's see, let's see if we can pull oh. some stuff together to help them. Busy moms. And then like you said, tired moms don't have time to process it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just want someone to go here. Here, yeah. come yeah. with me. We're going to this thing. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, But speaking of links to all the places to find you, where are the best places to find you online? Yes. So motherhoodvillage.com, very easy. Um, There is also a section to listen to my podcast, or you can go Spotify, iTunes, all the things. Also under the name, The Motherhood Village. Instagram, The Motherhood Village one. Unfortunately, The Motherhood Village handle was already taken. And I'm like, they don't even post (laughs) anything. Everyone keeps telling me to like reach out, but I'm like, ugh. Um, but it's the Motherhood Village one, Nicole Cumberbatch. It, it should come up. And then I'm on TikTok, Facebook, also under the Motherhood Village. And I like to connect on LinkedIn. So please, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, it's Nicole Cumberbatch. And you could also email the Motherhood Village one at gmail.com if you have any questions, if you do have any questions about resources that I can connect you with, because my guests are also global, right? So, mm-hmm. and, or, or not just in Florida. So if anyone has any questions about who to connect them with, I'd be more than happy to share that as well. So thank, thank you. you. 
Yeah, so generous. And okay, I hate that we're here. It always goes so fast, but it is about time for Look, Listen, Learns. And so for any of our new listeners, we're really glad you're here. Welcome. And at the end of every show, we spend a few minutes just talking about things we're watching, learning, reading, buying, whatever it is. Sometimes they're really ridiculous. Sometimes they're really serious. (laughs) It's just kind of whatever is on your mind right now. And we don't like to put our guest in the hot seat. So Suzanne, you get to tell us your look, listen, learns first this week. All right. Let's see. What am I looking at? I feel like I have done this look before, but it has come full circle. No <laughs> pun intended. I'm talking okay. about Wheel of Fortune. But last week, we've done this look, have you? I may have already just talked about it too much within the family. I don't know. We watch it. We were watching Jeopardy for a long time. And I think maybe yeah. we all started feeling a little dumb because like celebrity, oh. Je- we like to do celebrity Jeopardy yeah. and then like the college student Jeopardy because it makes yeah, us feel a little smarter. Yeah. yeah, we ran out of those. So then we went to Wheel of Fortune, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I had to explain to the kids when it came back again last in last night's episode. They had a little, uh, little, it's huge, it's like a life-size ceramic Dalmatian. And so anybody who's as old as I am and has watched Wheel of Fortune since the 70s knows that the Dalmatian was like the last item that people would always buy because when you would win money in each round, instead of taking that money with you, you had to go shopping at a little wedge of this circle store in the middle of the Wheel of Fortune I always wanted to do it so badly. Yeah, there was like the Toblerone bar. And like, and then whatever money you had left stuff over, like furniture, there'd be all kinds of crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, it depended. Each each little wedge had a different theme, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then there was always this ceramic Dalmatian that you know when you were down to your last couple hundred dollars, and then you would take the rest on a Van Cleef and Arpels gift certificate. Do you remember that? <laughs> Anyway, they've so changed the format. They really have. The shopping was really fun. The shopping was fun. And then I was looking up some images of it this morning. This is why my hair is wet, because I was looking up these images where it was kind of like your grade school photos that would have like a face on picture of you, but then like a little it had like a little heavenly edging to it around oh, uh-huh, a, you know, a side uh-huh. portrait of you kind of floating off there on the side yes. of the picture. Yes. And so yeah, it would just be like this little angel person floating around the set as they went and looked at the items like, I'll take that sofa for $2,000. Oh and- my gosh. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we've been looking at Wheel of Fortune and trying to explain. There are on YouTube and various places where you can actually go watch some of the classic. Oh. I swear, I think people took like a camcorder and videotaped their TV on most of them. It is not high quality production, but you get the idea. <laughs> so yeah. I've been looking at that, listening. Oh, I am just starting lessons in chemistry. I'm so excited. That's been one of Missy's look, listen, yeah. learns. Oh, you thumbs Love up too. Them. Awesome. Okay. And I'm just taking control of my own destiny because my book club did not pick the book that I wanted and Lessons in Chemistry was in second place. So I'm reading it anyway. Oh, yeah. What, so what won first place? What was first place? Oh, shoot. It was the one I just did a look listen. Starts with a B. Here, I'm going to pull it up. No, Burnham? Burnham Wood? Oh, Burnham Wood. Burnham Wood. Which again, I did not give rave reviews, but I just saw like 500 more awards for it recently in an article. What is it called? People are raving. Burnham, Burnham. Wood. Yeah. Oh, is it I, fiction? Oh, dang it. Not I fiction? just started it playing. It is <laughs> fiction and mm-hmm. it is a story of, uh, it's this like environmental group, but they're kind of not rogue. They're gr- very grassroots in the sense that they will just go take land that people are not using like behind abandoned shops or you know or people's great big yards where they don't look in the back and they'll plant things and then they'll sell these the produce or whatever and then it just and then it just it gets really really bizarre from there (laughs) it starts off high and then it's like what what happened um but it gets lots and lots of awards so do not listen to me i as we have been discovering over the past two months of my book reviews i think i just have low class books so <laughs> oh, and I keep telling you it's not low class you just like what you like I like what yes. I like and what I like does not win awards <laughs> because all, this the National Book Award often I'll try to read them and I'm like it's not for me no. not that it's not a good book but it's not what I want so I yeah know. don't no shame you read what yeah. you want 
Yes. And then let's see, my learn, my brain is just full, everything a mom too. So I can't even, I mean, there's like SEO, chat GPT, yes. all the things. But my biggest learn is that the Camelback, where were we? Camelback Spa. Camelback Inn and Resort. Camelback yeah, Inn spa. and Resort Spa. If you go get a pedicure there, they do it in a, this massage chair, which I've never spent any time in. And my niece asked for one for Christmas a few years ago. And I was like, that's silly. She asked silly. for a massage chair? Oh, no, she's so smart. She's so smart. And I support her dream for the massage chair now. Little, it was like, right? Yeah, she's little. I don't yeah. even know how she yeah. fits in there. All the little nubbies <laughs> were probably going to the wrong places. But oh, my God. I mean, it was almost forceful and dangerous. And for a minute, I was worried it was going to knock a vertebrae out of place. But it was so good. And I had had a headache for a week leading up to that. Gone. Wow. Get the pedicure because you get the built-in massage with it. Love it. The lady next to me did not have hers turned on. And I almost got up out of my seat and went and <laughs> booped the remote for her. It's like, you do not know but what your toes were wet. So you couldn't. I could not. No. <laughs> I was too in bliss. I mean, I seriously like had my eyes closed. I was just like so in bliss. So that's awesome. That, awesome. that was my biggest learn. That wasn't my biggest learn of Mom 2 but that was <laughs> oh, just a <laughs> bonus learn. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what about oh. you, Nicole? So my look, I just finished Firefly Lane. The final season. It's on my list. Oh, yeah. um, ha have you watched it at all? Or you? I've watched it, it up to this last part that they just released. I binge watched it, and I don't have time to watch TV as often as I would like. It really, truly is like I finally learned the guilty pleasure of what that means. Give it's me some so ice cream, and there's some every so often where I can go without watching TV for a couple of weeks, and then it just hits me, and I'm like, give me ice cream. I look at my husband, leave me alone, and I can watch TV for like four, five hours straight. <laughs> um, That's so kind Firefly of what I want to do on Mother's Day. Oh, That's I told my kind of what I want to do. Again. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, Firefly Lane was awesome. Oh, I cried and cried and cried and cried. My mom is now watching it. Um, she was like, Oh my God, I didn't know about the show. Brilliant show. Love it. I also read the book and I loved how it was so different. I don't know if you did both or if you read the book mm -hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, so that was my look. My listen. Um, well, actually, my look is that. And what would be the book under? The book also look? Because I don't I read it. Yeah, it can, yeah. Whatever. We yeah. we play pretty fast and loose with where okay. things fit. Yeah, Wherever yeah. you want to fit. Um, uh, lessons in Chemistry was great. I actually just finished it last night. I actually binge watched. Oh. Um, I wanted to finish it because I was getting to the good part. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I actually didn't know what to expect. So that, that. And then I guess a listen. I was listening to some of your podcast episodes and other women's that I kind of met at Mom 2.0. So that's been pretty cool to kind of, uh, you know, see like different people's like podcasts yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as learn, um, yeah, from Mom 2.0, I would say that was a big one as far as learning. I think what it solidified for me, I wish I would have done the spa. So I'm very jealous because <laughs> I didn't realize till afterwards where we were going. I think it was like, again, like the overwhelm. We're going yes. here, put it to the side. And then literally it wasn't until a week before I'm like, oh, shoot, like I should probably think about what we're going to do. And when I went to the app for the hotel, I'm like, they have a spa. Like, why oh, didn't yes. I book a spa service? So I was very <laughs> disappointed I didn't make it, uh, but I'm glad that you got to do it. But um, I would say learning is just I met so many incredible people that what I learned is that it's solidifying that I'm on the right path that I'm on. Um, there was a lot of things that I was like, huh, I guess I'm not crazy. Um, and there were things that I was like, oh, okay, good. I'm kind of doing that in that way. And then, of course, of how to implement some of the things that maybe I didn't know that helped me of like seeing different ways. Mm -hmm. But truthfully, it really solidified that I'm kind of on the right path. And this is really what I'm meant to do. And yeah, and I learned a lot from the keynotes, Austin Channing Brown with the From Scratch Ladies. Like, oh, they so just good. did a phenomenal job with the speakers that they had. And I read the book and watched them and watched oh, the show. Did. So yes, yes, yes. Like, I highly recommend both. The book is more about the grieving, and I feel like the show is more about the love story. So it was great mm -hmm. to have the two contrasting views. Mm -hmm. um, and I spoke to the author about that, and she said, yes, that's exactly right. The book is more her grieving. It's her memoir, right? Um, right. But the show is really about the love story that they had. So, yeah, highly recommend that. We will put both of well, all the links to all of those things and to... Yeah, we need to do a big wrap up of all the keynotes and things oh, that we learned. Because... Oh, my gosh. I know. I so usually much. do a recap after each mom, too, kind of as a service to readers, but mostly just to recap. Sometimes it helps just to cement it in your brain because there is oh, so yes. much so fast that it's yes. good to review it. Yeah, so much. All right. And then all right. I think, Missy, what have you been look, listen, learning? 
Okay. Let's see. Well, as usual, I'm on the cutting edge of what's on the television. (laughs) We just started watching a show that's five seasons in and it's actually still on TV and it's on network TV, um, but it's called A Million Little Things. And we're watching it on Hulu because we're five seasons behind, but it's the story of a friend group. And this is not a spoiler. In the first episode, one of the members of the friend group commits suicide and it's trying to figure this out, the unraveling of their group, the coming back together. And I mean, we're only in season one. I have no idea where it's all going to go, um, but it's pretty well acted. And Mark likes it. That doesn't happen very often that anything with the drama, mm-hmm. a little bit of drama to it. He, it's not usually his thing. So we've been watching that together and it'll take us probably five years to catch up because we watch one half to half an episode to one episode every couple nights. It's going to take a while. But I was looking forward. We haven't watched one since I've been home from the conference. But at the conference at one point, I was like, oh, I kind of can't wait to go home and watch my show with Mark. And then I'm listening to Iona Iverson's Rules for Commuting by Claire Pooley. Uh, I listened to it on the way there and back on the plane. And it's an adorable story. I am not quite finished, so I don't know how it ends. But a story of a woman who is finding that people think she's past her prime. I could not love that more. Uh, she's a little older than we are, but she's fine. You know, at work, people are like, oh, we need the millennial point of view, not your point of view. And mm-hmm. um, and then it's the story of the people on her train that she commutes with and how they become intertwined and help oh, each other. And it's that. really cute. And since I'm listening to it, it's read in a delightful British accent and I really yeah. enjoy it. But I found I couldn't speed it up too much because I was like, wait, what? I didn't, oh, what yeah. was that word? <laughs> I, so I have to, to keep it. Yes. I need to yeah. slow down the British accents. I need to slow yeah. down Downton Abbey. I need to slow down pretty much <laughs> any movie with British accents. I'm like, I know you're speaking English, but I still don't get it. Yeah. I always speed up my audiobooks. And this one, in fact, last night I was listening at bedtime and I was like, oh, nope, nope, nope. We got to go down to regular speed <laughs> because I am too tired to process these words. <laughs> Um, So in my learn, also mom 2.0 learn, my brain is full and just exploding. But I think my favorite thing I learned about was Substacks. And I've been reading some Substacks for a while. I didn't really understand the difference between that and a newsletter. They're sort of like a newsletter and a blog got married and had a baby. And so I've been on and playing around. And I think Suzanne and I each need to start our own. And then Maybe one for the podcast, or maybe we just use our own to kind of tie back. I don't know. Did I tell um, you that I had started my own? Yes. <laughs> Suzanne actually already had her name. I, nice. I went to go make sure that my substack for my name was reserved. And I was like, wait a minute. And I follow like 20 people. And I, was, I don't know when I did this. When did substack That's start? So it's been around a while. I mean, a couple of years for sure, maybe longer. I could have um, been a trailblazer. And I didn't. <laughs> I know. I don't know. There are some really wonderful ones out there. Whatever you're interested in, you can find that little niche out on Substack. And it really is all about writers and creators getting paid for what they're putting out there. And it's a different kind of algorithm than what exists for, say, Facebook or Instagram. It's being driven by the people inside this inside Substack. The users are driving and you do subscribe to some of it, some parts of it. You can have when you set one up, yours can be free or you can have a paid portion or it can all be paid. There's different amounts and different levels and it's really modular and you can kind of mix it up and do what works for you and your community and you can change it as you go along. So I really love that it's flexible and modular and creator focused. Um, I I love that it allows people who want to write but don't necessarily know how to do a website to actually have a voice because I mean there are a lot of fairly simple websites out there but they still take some time and they take the hosting money and they take the rights and you have to update all the pieces of it so if someone is out there and just like oh I wish I you know could do a blog or whatever but I don't want to do the tech part of it now you can I I do think that's a lovely part of it it is. It's a really it's a really simple platform with really complex abilities, I guess. So I I liked it a lot and I've been playing with it and as we've all mentioned our brains are fried, so I don't think I'm going to make a lot of progress on it until maybe this weekend or early next week, but uh, I have really enjoyed it. Very cool. Oh, so that's I'm, it. 
Yes, so we have looked, are. listened, and learned. And Very cool. yeah, and when I know, I'm glad we're all in the same place because if we had been meeting with a guest today that was not at Mom 2 and did not understand why our brains are just like still kind of like, eh, what are we doing? It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Yes, it was and meant I, to be. Thank goodness for Missy's sharp eyes and looking at name tags of the people sitting next to her. Or else, can you imagine if we started this conversation and we we're like, oh, yeah, we just got back from Mom 2 and you. You'd be like, oh, me too. <laughs> and, yeah. and since it sounds like we are doing a sales pitch for mom too, and that we, do, we do this all the time. We they, all there time. are actually tickets open. The next location is going to be in Nashville. So I know. Did you get your ticket yet? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm sure. I, have, I need a... to. I need to. I think today's the last day. Yeah. You better get them. Yeah. By get the time them. this episode is out, it'll be too late. Yes. Sorry, y'all. But, but for coming. anyone who <laughs> did get their tickets by Mother's, I think it's by the end of day, Mother's Day, maybe. Oh, it's yeah. the best deal I've ever seen on a Mom 2.0 ticket. Like yeah, when they flash the price up, I was like, well, we should I probably no share it in the group just in case there's people who are interested. Yeah, I think I will. We will have, by the time you hear this, shared it in our group because it's a great deal. Yeah. You can't is. not buy one. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, right. I would say it was so nice to meet you, but we already met you. So it's so Yay. nice to meet you twice this week. Yes. <laughs> and Good so grateful for you. all you are doing for moms Thank in your you. community. I mean, that's what it's all about is the building that connection, helping yeah. to support them with information and support them just with community. So Absolutely. thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for having me and for allowing me to share my journey and my truth. And thank you for what you're doing with the podcast. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Have happy a great week. Mother's Day. And have yes, a good happy weekend. Mother's Day. Oh, yes. yeah. This is a spin. Yes. <laughs> happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yes. yes. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group all of our socials and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.